Welcome to the Road to Blake Street banter, where we are just along for the ride right now. Uh, pretty cool stuff happening at the end of this, but we'll keep that in the hush-hush, just in case it doesn't happen. Um, but our first time doing something new, it's just something different, but uh, to celebrate one of our dudes, right? Kind of, kind of fun. And that dude needs to be celebrated. So speaking of celebrations, James, we are speaking right now during the first game of the St. Louis versus Rockies game series. And Nato just got up to Pat. I'm not watching. I'm watching the yard goats right now. But what was the ovation for Mr. Nato, former Rocks fan favorite? Um, it was pretty lukewarm. There was some some people in red standing up and cheering, and um, a couple a couple people stood up and cheered. But it was definitely nothing like a standing ovation or anything. He um, made a quick nod to the dugout, waved hello, and then quickly got out on one pitch, I believe. And I mean, I'm okay with that. We're trying and he to made an error, a very, very, very ugly, unnato error. Do you think he's more nervous this year than he was last year? No, I don't think he cares. You don't think he cares? No. Okay. I think he does. He, I, I, I saw mean, a quote. I saw a quote that he said last year was kind of weird for him. It was a little much. He didn't really like it at all. He liked the ovation and the fans like recognize him, but he didn't like the experience, the whole weekend of it well <clears throat> i'm sure he probably didn't but that's just part of it so <laughs> move on and move over yeah we'll see he's he'll, he'll be in the playoffs we won't so good for him but i kind of i kind of get giddy when i hear nolan make an error get out real quick at home and course like it's just it's kind of nice like i I don't want, I don't, I'm not a friend. I'm not a fan of old friends. Like, do you follow, do you follow them or do you get giddy when you, they do good? No, I, I feel totally detached. I respect him as a player because I love the game, but I just respect him just like I respect uh, Paul Goldschmidt, right? Yeah. Okay. You said it more elegantly than I do. That's why you're a wordsmith and I'm just here. Uh, But yeah, it's terrible. I don't like Tyler Anderson. Good for you. But, Good for all the other guys that have a sub one ERA. Did you see the Colorado Rockies were number one in the power rankings? <laughs> yeah, they're tied for 20, 24th first place, something yeah, like that. Absolutely incredible news. I thought that was fantastic. So there's yeah, another plan. The plan is working just, just like we drew it up, baby. <laughs> just like we drew it up. The saltiness in that write up uh, by the athletic writers was fantastic. And I, I, I dug that. You don't see that a lot from the big guys like that. I mean, Nick Groke has his own saltiness as he writes for the athletic, the Rockies, but like that as a whole MLB encompassing thing, that was fun. I thought you would hate it because it was negative. It was fun. Negative. Like it's okay to be negative and like understanding where we are. And I think I'm coming around to that. Like we are where we are, but as long as you say it with a joke, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> I like it just comes down to that. Don't be an asshole and like say it in jest and like know your crowd and it's fine. But just like when you're constantly telling say that sell the team, like shut the fuck up. But if it's like, yeah, the plan's working just fine when obviously it's not, and like you're kind of you're struggling as an organization, all of them will be like I can I can ride with that. Like your Sunday fun day, your Sunday funny that we uh had out there. That was pretty solid. Yeah, expect uh, expect the good times to keep on rolling. Then <laughs> I can't wait. Hunter Stovall is up to bat right now, so might be screaming here in a little bit. 
And last thing, uh, last major leagues thing, and we'll cover some of the transactions that happened today, which was pretty cool. Um, would you ever wear? So let's say you have a you have a jersey. So Troy Tulowitzki, you have a Troy Tulowitzki jersey. Yes. Would you wear that jersey to a baseball game, to a Colorado Rockies game? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay makes sense, right? Would you wear that a Nolan Arenado jersey to a Colorado Rockies baseball game? If a Colorado one, yeah. Rockies Nado jersey. Yes, I would. Ooh, Stovall was mad. Uh, he grounded out and turned around and started screaming at somebody. He's still screaming. Ooh, I think he's jawing at the catcher there. Oh, that's crazy. Yes, you would. You would wear an auto Colorado Rockies jersey at Colorado? Yeah, he's a Rockies great. I mean, if anybody can get behind having a disagreement with the front office, I think it's the fans. I mean, I don't think anybody blames Nato really. I think we're past that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am hundred percent in agreement with you. I always, I think I told you when they traded Nato and like, there was all those deep, dark posts on the Reddit and the Twitter and like, they're going to the Coors field and laying down the Jersey in front of it and like stopping on it and boycott it. I was like, what are you doing? This I is- think that was like four people. Uh, yeah, it, but those four people are idiots. I, I'm sorry. It's so dumb. I don't get They're it. just drama baiting. Just drama baiting. It works. It got me to talk about them right now, two years later. But it's absolutely insane that people do that. I don't know why people are the way they are. Fans are passionate, passionate beasts. They are. Just do it right. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, today was like a big day. Did you see all the call-ups? I mean, I saw a lot go through the log. I'd, I'd be lying to you if I – I'm probably about to get educated. You are about to get educated. So, friend of the pod, I guess family of the pod, he's been on a few times, Kenneth Weber of Purple Roll, the Pebble Report, um, kind of did his due diligence and got some feels around and broke the news that Zach Bean, Tolia, and Pint were all moving up. Um, but I would like to say that I had the Jordy Vargas news pretty early too. So – Respect, respecting the squad that told me about it, I wasn't able to share it until today. But Jordy Vargas, what do you know about Jordy Vargas? Uh, I think Joe, he's one of the lesser known prospects, but looking at the numbers, it's absolutely insane. So, how insane are they? Uh, what was it? 40 strikeouts to eight walks, four walks in about 20 innings or so. Yeah. 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 Four walks. Yeah, he has seven games this year, 26 innings pitched, a .64 whip, a 2.36 ERA. Do you know how old this fellow is? I'm going to guess he's 19. 18. Okay. 18-year-old from out of the Dominican. He'll be 19 in November, so he's an old 18. But he's 18, six foot three, 150 pounds. <laughs> and... Yeah, he's he's gonna grow into his body. I'm not sure what his arsenal is. I would say I don't know much about him, but I know a lot of people love him. Um, Nick, Nick likes him. Uh, Nick likes him a lot. I think he, Tyler loves him. He has a one of the most talented arms in the system. I keep hearing them say, but yeah, he is he is making his debut tonight. It's probably when we get done with this, I'm probably gonna go do a game log of it. But Jordy Vargas, the up and coming stud like he is like the next stud pitcher for the colorado rockies 
Yeah. So if you don't know them, you know, now we're putting them on your radar. So start paying attention. Yeah. You're welcome. Buttheads. Just kidding. But seriously. Yeah. Four walks, 40 strikeouts in the, I mean, it's the ACL, but he's 18 and he's doing against like, there's 20, 25 year olds down there doing it. So that's a big one. That's a, that's probably the, I would say that's arguably not arguably that is the biggest move I would say today. And there are some big moves. Let's move on up. So Fred Spokane lost two players. We'll get to them in a little bit, but they gained two players in what seems to be just a roster filler move in this Riley Waddle and Jose Cordova guy. Waddle is a 25 year old Hawaiian. I thought that was interesting. Um, that was in the ACL. He made one start in Fresno like last week. Didn't do so hot, but he got the call up to Spokane. Um, not sure what his story is. Maybe we'll come back next week a little bit more. And then Jose Cordova was hitting 100, like 100, 150 in ACL. He's like 20, 20 years old, 22 years old. Um, nothing that just says, hey, we deserve this or we're going out and doing this is more of, hey, we need to fill some spots in Spokane. We don't want to put Jaden Hill out there or call up anybody else from, from Fresno. So that's what's happening in Spokane. Um it sounds like it feels like the Rockies are just kind of washing their hands of Spokane Indians. Yeah, Spokane is depleted to say the least. Yeah, which sucks. Well, but, no, it's okay. I mean, it means it means guys are are moving on to where they should be. So it's just part of the part of the game, part of the process. Part of the process, right? And like I just remember, Clint Hurdle always wanted to win, win at all the levels. That's the most important thing. And Spokane's not winning right now, and it just kind of feels like they have given up. But they had a great first half for the most part. Um, they felt they fizzled out at the end, but that first half was looking pretty special there for yeah. a good majority of it. Yeah, much better than what last year seemed like. Uh, but Romo going down. Luke Taggart, our boy Luke, is out for the season. Going to have some surgery later this week. Absolutely sucks. He's down in the ACL. He's going to Denver for surgery. Then he'll head back to Texas for the rest of the year. But that just means he's going to come back stronger than ever next year. But hopefully, good recovery, good surgery with Luke there. Just love that guy. Yeah, he'll be just fine. Um, hope he stays strong through the mental part of it. Um, just make him a better ball player in the end. Right. I mean, he probably rehabs well, too. Like, if you want to be good at something, do it well. He's probably, like, practicing rehab right now. <laughs> <laughs> Call back to our Vantage session with him. Go find it. Um, now here's where the big moves happen. So speaking of Spokane, they lost two dudes. One being the golden child, the golden goat, Zach Feed, which was kind of surprising. And then the other was Will Etheridge. Let's talk about Will because I think most of our time is going to be on Zach Feed. Will Etheridge is not nothing spectacular, just a really big body, doesn't get a lot of strikeouts, pitches to contact. Um, one of these fastball slider guys has a nice little changeup. Um but looking at stats, he's not anything extraordinary. I do hear he's like a fantastic person. A lot of people love him. He did well in Fresno last year. Um, but he went out today and pitched for Hartford. He like showed up in Hartford last night today, and he pitched four scoreless. Zero hits, zero runs. Did give up three walks, but you, you see that all the time with guys that go from Spokane to Hartford and one strikeout. But four solid out innings in his double-A debut. Um, he's definitely uh, 2019, so he's not quite MIL, MILB 
rule five yet. So just something to look out for. Big guy went to Mississippi out of Georgia. Zach Veen, though. How are you feeling about this call up? Zach on fucking V. Um, I thought it happened a little sooner, to be honest, but I'm just really glad that it did happen. Um, 50 stolen bases on the year is absolutely insane. Um, led the North Northwest League in RBIs and runs. And he is just a menace. Absolute menace. Absolute menace is a good way to say it. But I think they're calling him Swamp Thing, which I don't know if I really dig, but it's got because of the facial hair. Yeah, it's the facial hair and the long hair. He's really leaning into the, the swamp thing vibe. Uh and just the chaos, like you said. You, you said he was a menace, menace to the diamond there. But he had his first hit tonight, and then he gets in a rundown. I don't know if you saw it, but he gets in a rundown long enough, just very aggressive base running. We see it all the time. But it was long enough for Hunter Stovall to get home and score the first run of tonight's game. So he's still making things out even when he's making a mistake. But Zach Veen is officially in Hartford to test everything that he has been. And I think I'm most excited about the fact that I actually get to watch him now. Yeah, we get to watch him on a consistent basis. And then keep in mind, he's 20 years old. So he's four years younger than than most guys. So um, he's really lighting it on fire and he's he's progressing the way that a top pick should be so all yeah. good on that front absolutely i don't think he hit his first home run for a hot minute it's up in spokane i guess april 19th but then he didn't have one for another month may 11th and then the power started coming in every once in a while yeah he's got so many other tools that yeah. if he's not if he's not hitting home runs he's he's doing other things He's, like, he's talented enough, just like you said. He's talented enough that even when he's in trouble, he gets out of it or he finds a way to help the team because he can he can do those sorts of things. I mean, and that's that's a first-round talent for you. So looks like the Rockies did really good, really good on being. Looking at them drafting and developing. No? no nothing? I don't really have anything to say about the development <laughs> piece because it's a first-round pick. I mean <laughs> – you know, you don't really need to develop a first round pick, you're saying? No, you do. But if you don't develop a first round pick, it's uh, astronomically bad. You know, I, I don't really know how else to say it. It's just if things are going as expected, uh, which is great. I think developing people is when you have Scott Oberg's who are double digit round picks and they come up and make impacts in the major leagues. That's, that's when you're developing guys. It's not because you could, you could get a first round pick up to the majors. I mean, that's not anything special on the development side. You did good on the scouting side because you, you made the right call in the draft. Yeah, but then, you, you have gone on record saying that the draft is a 50, 50 shot. It is. It, it really is. So you still have to develop them. Well, you you have, you got to scout them first. And so they did good. So you did good on the scouting. Now, when he gets up to the majors, you don't get any brownie points because, because he is so talented. Everybody knew that. You get brownie points when you develop those other later picks. I think you're, so you're, scouting and developing isn't necessarily the same here. guy. It's <laughs> just you scouted the right guys early, and then you develop the right guys late. I think you still need to develop the first-round picks. The top yes. tier picks, you still have to develop them. But it's easier. 
Yes, it's easier. Much easier. Yes, but it still needs to happen, and he is developing well. Yeah, I mean, guys got to own it themselves, too. Bean's doing a good job developing himself, probably. Yeah, and you, we hear it all the time from our guys. Like, they say what they're doing in the offseason, who they're working with outside of their control. Frank Duncan was like, you are your best coach. You are in charge of your own career, so you got to go out there and do it. And That's now, exactly right. So what's Bean doing? I know, I don't know. I, I've heard a bunch of people from the Rockies front office are traveling around like Todd Helton and uh, Clint Hurdle are going to all the affiliates and like checking in on guys and talking to guys and work with guys and all that. So there is some development in the system, but I think what you put out on the outside, that work on the outside will really pay off. And we have no idea what Zach Bean does. He hasn't responded to our DMs yet. Um, but if he does hear this, that'd be great. Zach Bean though, Hartford, we finally get to watch him. Lots of news from that. And last but not least call-ups. I really like these two. I have some thoughts on the Riley Pint one. We'll see if you think I'm an idiot or not. Um, Riley Pint and Mike Tolia are in Albuquerque right now. Uh, the game has been delayed. Uh, I think it's about 30 minutes. So Tolia is hitting fourth, I think, in the lineup tonight. So it's going to be delayed with his debut just because of rain, not because of anything he did. And Riley Pint is the relief pitcher. So we'll see what he has, what he's got going on. But let's talk Tolia. Did this kind of surprise you? Um, it surprised me in a good way because um, we want to see what he can start to do because I think he's 25 now. He's a year older than Grant, Grant Levine, so I know we've been making that comparison that those two are pushing each other quite a bit, but this is where Tolia should be because he is a year older. Um, the power is real, absolutely. He's a threat to go deep uh, anytime. It's, it's the other stuff that he's still – trying to hone in and it just seems like the Rockies know that this season is, is going to be lost. I mean, it already is. We all know that, but they're conceding that fact with some of these call-ups. And I think Tolia probably gets a major league um, at bats in September. Oh, you're going that far. Yeah. I mean, he's 25. He's, he's ready. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not, he's not like super ready because <laughs> he's got those things he's got to work on, but this will be a good taste for him. Yeah, I, it's definitely the test that they need to find out. I agree. Because uh, he is Rule 5 eligible. So this this winter, this January, this December, another team can pick him and he'll have to play that major league uh, that season on the major league roster. Um, and so the Rockies kind of have to figure out if they want to 40-man him or let him go to the Rule 5. Uh, which I imagine somebody would take a flyer on Mike Tolia. Like, why not? You got the power. You can develop some more patience at it. Yeah, yeah I, he might be eligible, but when it comes time for the moves, he's not going to be – he's going to be on the 40-man for sure. I, he is. You don't let that first-round talent with Mike's, Michael's uh, power go by. That's just – and that's not the Rockies' MO. So. No, they're just – they're putting some miles on him, so then come spring training next year, he can compete – he can compete for a bench bench bat spot or maybe even push for first base, um, depending right on field. what happens with Crone. What if he like platoons with Charlie Blackman at right field next year? He's been he played right field with uh, Mr. Levine when Levine came into town. Yeah, absolutely. You need depth, um, no matter what the situation is gonna be. So he's definitely gonna be able to push for a bench spot um and platoon some days and and give um play some day games. Yeah, um, things like that. 
Yeah. Though, did you did you know this that the rosters in September don't go to what forty anymore? It's only twenty eight. Um. Did you yeah, that's that? what it was before the pandemic. The twenty eight. I, I believe it was twenty eight before that. Must have been. Must have been something new. I remember it last year. Like I remember forgetting that I remembered it. <laughs> if that makes any sense. And so, like, they can only call up two more guys to put on the roster. And so you would think that is totally on pint because they are on the last leg, so to speak. Like, all right, we have to know what we have in these guys, these first-round picks, like these guys that have made really good moves this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I was Well, they I, need to make two moves, like you said, but it doesn't mean that you're married to those two moves, right? You can – you can have two guys up for a couple of weeks and then rotate in two other guys and so on and so forth. So yeah, absolutely. I expect them to do a little bit of that. Yeah. But those moves like you, cause you get five options a year. So it would, it'd be a lot, but I mean, if you put somebody on the roster, you're paying, you're paying another major league contract, which I don't know if the Rockies really care about right now. So I don't know, but the Tolia thing, you saying that getting some September bats, that was kind of a shocker to me. I didn't, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. That's just, I just don't, um, but that is what it is. But this last month, last 28 days, according to baseball reference, Michael Tolia is hitting 329 with an OPS of 1024. He struck out only 16 times in 82 at bats, which has dropped a lot. And he has five walks in that time, eight dongs, 19 RBIs. His strikeout rate on the season right now is at 30%. Two months ago, when I started tracking it, it was like at 41%. So dude, man, has really, really figured out Hartford, really figured out the double A talent and started dwindling his strikeout rates. Which and that's, what, that's what they needed to see before they made this type, type of move. So he obviously made that adjustment. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking real quick. One, two, three. Last thing about Tolia. Four, five, six, seven. Seven games in the month of April, Tolia had three or more strikeouts. Since June, I can probably go back to May a little bit. All of June and July, I'm seeing two, two games of three strikeouts. So Michael totally put in the work. Now, hopefully that power stays there and he keeps grinding, doing that thing and doing that. All right, last thing. And then I think we might have a guest coming soon. Um, Hartford Yard Goats game is over. So we'll see how that plays out. Again, something new. Riley Pint. What are your thoughts on this? Similar to Tolia. You got nothing for me? No, I I didn't know that you were uh, done with your question. I Similar said, what do, you think? I said what do you think? What do you think? And that that wasn't the question. Sorry. Um, Riley Pint's one of those guys where they got to, they kind of got a, um, <laughs> um, I don't know how to say this politely, uh, shit or get off the pot, um, with Riley Pint. So. Um, it's 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 similar to to Tolia in the fact that um, he's going to be in this holding pattern until rosters expand, and then they're going to let him loose uh, in Coors Field. And I think it's going to be really fun and and electric, and it'll be really exciting to see him. Um, and then the Rockies want to see how he performs, and then that's going to determine if the Rockies are going to stay with him or what's going to happen come spring training next year. So I think he's going to pitch in Coors Field again. Uh, like Tolia, I think he will be in Coors Field for at least a little bit. 
at the end of the season. I actually echo everything you said. Uh, it's it definitely is that feel, and Rockies love a good feels a good story. I kind of mentioned that, and nothing against the Rockies for that. I mean that in a good way. Like Riley Pint went through his issues, retired, came back with open arms. They wanted him back. He wanted to be back. And all the vibes were good. All the good vibes were positive. And they still seem to be positive. I hear a lot of good things about Riley Pite. And I'm not, that's not to say the Rockies like a feel-good story is a bad thing. They do. And Riley Pite is a fantastic story. Like, he came back. He got together. Um, just, th- like, for example, these stats. T- first April of May, 20 innings, 18 walks, 24 strikeouts. Almost a walk an inning. Not looking at hits or anything. So that's a lot of traffic. June, July, August, 22.1 innings, only 11 walks, and 31 strikeouts. So like Tolia figures something out, whether it's the mental part or whatever. I've seen some of his games. I've seen him appear every once in a while. And dude is nasty. He, I've said it a few times. He has major league caliber stuff. It's what are we doing with it? How are we honing it in? We know the Rockies on barn. The walks are atrocious. That's a huge issue out there. Can he, can he change an Albuquerque? Can he hone it in an Albuquerque at altitude and do it all in there? But I think this month of August is that test, like you said, and then he gets that call up when it uh, rosters expand or they have to make another 40 man or whatever. I think he gets that call up. Yeah. They gave him some, they gave him an assignment of, of what to fix. And he, for the most part made progress. I'm not saying he's cured by any means because control is still a thing, but uh, he made progress enough so that, that the Rockies are ready to push him up and, um, it's a great thing. It will be a really fun thing uh, for fans at the end of the year. Yeah. My only concern is, is that Pint is is almost a carbon copy of Tyler Matzik. There's one key change, which <laughs> I think um, makes it different. But they pushed up Tyler Matzik, even though he wasn't doing um, extremely well in the minors, but he had major league stuff. He came out, had a couple of really good starts, and then – um, we know famously fell out of baseball for a couple of years and now is is making it as a reliever with the Atlanta Braves and and has a World Series ring. So um, I think the Rockies actually learned a lesson there um, by by letting Pint and pushing him to be a reliever instead of a starter. Um, and so that's where I think this story can be different from Massick's is that Pint can find success as a reliever. And, and having a short leash with him and and just kind of taking our time. I, yeah, ditto. That's a very good thought. Never thought about that. You put that really well. Um, just to add to that, Daniel Bard, too. Like I know we keep talking about him being the veteran presence and that mentor type thing, but dude, very similar story, right? Had to walk away, had to come back. If anybody can relate to him, it's Riley Pite. So having that presence that dude in there and bard seems like the guy that he's going to share with um i think that can only help riley pint we're not necessarily getting yeah down in double a yeah and pint pint has the the electric stuff he's only got so many bullets in there right so why you know you can't waste too many of them down there (laughs) no you can't and when those bullets are 100 plus yeah (laughs) you got to use them when you absolutely need them so, yeah, big day in Rockies transactions. I'm excited to see Jordy Vargas. Veen already made his presence. Will Etheridge made a presence. We'll see what Tolia and Pint do. Um, it's just good stuff. So these are the things I wish the Rockies would do, like, every two weeks. Just call out, move, move around things, move people around more often. It's just exciting. It's fun, but it also pushes the development, pushes the, the status quo. Um, so, yeah, 
We'll leave it at that. Um, all right, we'll end it with this. And then, if, yeah, we'll end it with this. So you posted this thing about Rocky uh, playoff appearances in the last so, so many years since you since the Rockies have been founded, uh, yeah. founded, right? And the Rockies have made the playoffs five times, zero World Series, obviously. Yep. Um, but there are teams that have appeared less times, and yeah, I guess how do you necessarily feel? Because like Rockies are pretty much in the middle. I'm not going to count out loud like I did earlier because it's back radio. But like, how did that make you feel when you were doing that research? Well, initially when I looked at, because I just looked at the Rockies a couple of days ago and I'm like, well, on average, we're making the playoffs once every five years. And I, I actually kind of felt optimistic about that. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be so negative in my line of thinking about where the team is and all this stuff. Um, but then I was like, well, I need to see where all the other teams are. And after seeing that, it's not surprising to see that the Rockies are are below average. They're they're in the middle of the pack, but they're on that lower middle, right? They're um, yeah, they're on the lower it, middle. It's definitely not great, but it's it's not the worst five, six, seven teams. Um, there's one team, and I can't remember who it was, but they only made the playoffs twice in the last thirty years. Um, it was the Royals, but they won a World Series in those thirty years. No, there's a – yeah, the Marlins have only made it three times, but they've won two World Series. So. And they sold, they sold the house when after they won each one of those World Series, too. Yes, both times. And I think that goes back to our conversation last week, or at least in our text messages. Like, would you rather win a World Series and blow it up, like the Nationals and stuff, or would you like to kind of hang out and be kind of relevant every once in a while and have these good stories? Well, that's what the Royals did, too, and I mean – the Royals are still treated extremely well by that fan base. And the guys that are no longer part of that club are royalty in Kansas city. Um, Hosmer got an ovation when he went back a few weeks ago. So I would, in that, in that vein, in that spirit of things, absolutely. I'm fine with that. Um, Absolutely. I'm fine with that. Um, The pirates have only made the playoffs three times. Um, Nothing to show for it. Mariners, Reds, four, nothing to show and then a whole bunch of teams are five and six um but there's just there's a couple in there that won world series so they made it count um it's just that the rockies you know they made the playoffs those five times but um they did go to the world series other than that it's basically one and done yeah so that's part of it too and that's not something i i looked a whole lot of in depth in but um i don't know it, it kind of made me sad <laughs> <laughs> it didn't it didn't fix anything it didn't change any perspective or anything no like i wasn't ready to like throw up because i was sick but i was a little sad <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really know what i think yet either so i'll I'll just leave it at that and we'll try to talk through it it was very it's an interesting table though it's just different franchises i guess i'll leave it at this like the tigers they've spent money galore and they've blown up they've rebuilt they've spent all the money they had like three or four years that were solid they've only made the playoffs five years in that in that span same amount as the rockies and the same amount of world series wins granted their playoffs stints went a little bit deeper they were in the alcs losing heartbreakers and they're but it's the team spending money and still not getting anything to show for it and thankfully mickey's here otherwise i think tigers fans would be losing their shit but 
I don't know. I thought yeah. I thought that was an interesting comparison for me. I think part of it too is the future of where we're at right now, the direction of things. So I look at like the Orioles, they made it five times, nothing to show for it. Right. But because they committed to the tank, you know, four seasons in a row or so. Yeah. Um, they're, they have the best prospects pool in the majors and they're competing for a wild card spot this year. Um, it's going to be really exciting to be an Orioles fan. And uh, we definitely don't feel that here with the Rockies. Right. I do believe the Rockies do have a window 24 25 26 um i'm really encouraged by the strides we made in the prospect pool so i'm happy but there is there is a lack of direction and transparency with the fan base and that's what everybody's so frustrated about transparency direction tell us what you're doing that's all we want yeah well then they try to tell you like a little bit but it doesn't make sense um (laughs) it never makes sense it's always so cryptic yeah and bill schmidt like He's trying to do stuff, but, you know, he came out and said why they didn't make any moves at the deadline. He said, well, you know, we're we're part of a handful of teams. I don't remember the exact quote, but he's like, we're part of a handful of teams that didn't make any moves. When in reality, the Rockies were the only ones that didn't make any moves. So that tells you right there that the front office just like, at least Bill wasn't really all that thoughtful in his answer, unfortunately. And I think the smarter fans, the more active fans pick up on stuff like that. And so you got to be careful on how you try to message that stuff. And I don't know, Bill needs a PR guy, I think. Which is ironic because I really liked his interviews in spring training. And when he jumped on the, on the broadcast with Goodman and like, he really carried himself really well. But then when it's like with these high stress situations and he has to kind of share his thoughts, it doesn't ever go so well. Yeah, I mean, he's a really knowledgeable guy. To me, he did give off a little bit of that vibe, the 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 old boys club vibe. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know that him and Montfort are at the country club together, probably. <laughs> uh, you know, that's not really fair for me to say, but that's kind of the vibe that I got. So, yeah, I feel it you. is what it is. If it, it is what it is, um, all right, and then well, good news, we won't always in it on dark times but friend of the pod noah davis went to the lab and he figured it out he pitched a complete game eight innings they lost in the game gave up seven hits zero walks and struck out seven with only allowing two earned runs he's had a few outies that have just like oh, okay this guy figured it out uh there's no back and forth like he was in april and may like really good and then really bad it has been just good and so noah davis on the 40 man, our first 40 man banter session. So go back and listen to that. But he has figured it out and it his stuff. Now, if you want to watch a pitcher pitch, it's his stuff and it is nasty. So get a chance. I'm sure he's pitching sometime. He has to be t- pitching this week. I'm going to win. Uh, go ahead and watch it. Yard for goat. Yard, yard for Whoa, that was weird. <laughs> yard goat game. And Sarah Boy Davis do work. Anything else? Well, I mean, I final note is that's just part of the major league game or minor league game rather is is guys are really just testing things out. And even though they appear to be inconsistent, it's because they're out there, they're experimenting stuff, they're learning new stuff. And just because a guy doesn't really um, do so hot here and there isn't really necessarily an indication that that they're not a good pitcher or they're not anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Don't go look at Noah Davis's stats. Six. Don't point. go look at Riley Pines ERA. 
yeah <laughs> don't don't do it like it it tells a whole different story than what they are and it's you really have minor i learned that a lot this year like really diving into it this year like you really have to watch these guys and what they're doing from game to game instead of just a whole thing like see michael yeah, totally stats like 230 bad average away nah look at what he did from the difference from april and may to june and july yeah box scores don't don't tell the whole story so yeah it gives us a lot of the story we lean on it a lot here but it's not you have to watch the games. You have to really dive into it. But at that, and we have Hunter Stovall coming on, talking post game with us. Uh, they just played the Somerset Patriots, lost three to one. But Stovall has something to do with that, and he has been on fire uh, those last few months. So we want to talk to him about that and just get caught up real quick. Uh, so sit back, enjoy uh, the small banter session. Go Rocks Minor League affiliates! Woo! This is our guest or surprise. We didn't. We didn't say anything but here he is hunter stovall is jumping on after the game um against the somerset patriots uh we lost one to three but you had the one run that was pretty cool um how i mean let's start with this when zach bean got in the pickoff to allow you to score what are you thinking in that moment like at third base there um well i was looking i saw i saw the short Shortstop got the ball, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, he's a pretty good athlete. I got to get the ball in the first baseman's hand. Once that first baseman gets that thing, he's a little bit – I mean, not saying anything against first baseman, but they're <laughs> a little bit more unathletic. Um, and uh, so I was like, get it in his hand. And once I saw that ball get released and I saw that first baseman start running at him, that was my cue to take off. Ended up working out. It ended up working out, yeah. It's – is it fun playing with Veen? Was that like today? Was that pretty? Yeah, he's cool? uh, he's definitely he definitely brings a a different kind of energy to the club. Um, he's an upbeat guy. So, uh, I mean, that's really like I said, I've been around I've been around him for a day. So yeah, he seems seems like a good kid to me. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys do you guys do anything like for new guys coming in, like call ups and stuff? Like, does the team like do any pranks or silly nonsense or anything? No, nah, we hadn't done any of that stuff this year. We kind of, okay. I don't know. We're a little, our, our group's a little different. We're we're fun, but we're very, very serious type type group. Um, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very it's very professional. Yeah, it's a just a day at the office. Yeah, yeah. Go to the ballpark and uh, put your business pants on. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. Yep. So, so you went two for four at tonight. Had that run. Um, you made Will Etheridge, his debut was tonight. You made his first out against Anthony Volpe. Mm -hmm. So that was just kind of fun connection, but I want to talk about how well you've done. Um, and this is nothing new to you, but your April and May was kind of a struggle bus. You figured out what was that like transition to double A for you, especially at that beginning of the season after all of that, what was that like for you? I mean, honestly, I went from having a great spring training. I had a great spring training. And then I come there and it wasn't that the pitching was that electric. It was somewhere in the mix. I got, I got a little disconnected with my timing, with all that good stuff. And the beast of this league is people will find that weakness and they hammer it and they hammer it and they hammer it. So it was, if you go back and if you go back and look at my history, it's 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 something that's very common with me for 
some reason. Um, <laughs> hopefully we can figure out how to cut that out, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, I have to, I have to figure out, I, I get in that little stage where I'm like, okay, this sucks, blah, blah, blah. I have to get to that moment in my day or week or whatever, where I'm just like this on it, you know, mm-hmm. move on with it. What's going to happen is going to happen. It's almost, it's almost like a, a not, it's not a not caring, but it's taking the care level way down, you know? And then that makes you a lot more comfortable that that gets you out of your emotions in the game and all that good stuff. Cause I'm a fiery guy. I get fired up. Yeah. Um, so if I can limit that a little bit, then it's better off for me. Yeah, totally get that. I, I yeah. do that every day in my stuff, like whether it's parenting or my job or whatever it is, or talking to James here, like he gets, mm-hmm. he gets me fired up. I mean, <laughs> I have to use this transition. So speaking of fired up, and then we'll go back to the other stuff and then we'll call yeah. it good. You were, you were fired up tonight. Um, it, yeah. was a three, it was three, it was 3-0 count in the bottom of the eighth, um, 3-1, and then it looks like you grounded out. Um, and then that was the third out of the eighth inning. And then I saw the camera come on you and you were, you were fired up. What was going on there? Yeah. I just uh, – the 3-0 pitch I thought was a little elevated, a little up. And uh, I wasn't really yelling at the catcher. I was more so yelling at the umpire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. That, 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 that kind of stuff makes me mad just because you, you change the game with stuff like that. And I, uh, it was a ball. I went back and looked at it on track, man. It was a ball. <laughs> nice. And um, so – I just the zone that that was what I was so upset about is the zone can't change depending on the count. Mm. That's a ball all day, but that that there that was a little automatic. It was like he was like predetermined. Hey, I'm gonna call a strike here if it's around the zone. Um, but that changes the outcome of the game. I mean, you never know what Dean yeah. could have came up and done right there. Uh, so that's what I was right. so fired up about. Yeah, you work your butt off to to make all these preparations and then it's all taken away from you and no fault to your own so yep definitely understand that yep yeah. all right we're fired up for you too it's bullshit oh yeah, Hell yeah. <laughs> um and last but not least you have really taken advantage like for lack of better word with Tavar going on the IL like since uh-huh. he's since he's gone out you've been the starting shortstop pretty much day in day out and I mean, like I said, we're going to brag about you in that time. So since June 10th to August 7th, 298 batting average, 871 OPS, uh, seven, do- seven dongs, 12 doubles, and three triples in that span. Uh, is it everything? Is the ball just a little bit bigger? Is it that consistency? Like, yo, I'm playing shortstop every single day. I know I'm hitting towards the top where you weren't necessarily doing that in April. Is that yep. part of it? Or is it just like, like you said, you made those adjustments and you're just going to say I'm going to dominate double A now. Yeah, the adjustments are definitely there, but uh the the consistency of being in the lineup every day and knowing that you're going to be in the lineup every day is a big part. Um you you know how to prepare, you know how to show up to the field. I mean, everything is it's way easier to get in a rhythm, mm-hmm. get in a routine and all that good stuff when that's that's what happens. So, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's a great, it's it's, it's a great opportunity because this is the first time in pro ball in pro ball that I've played short this much. I mean, I yeah. think I had, I played one game in Grand Junction, 
with them <laughs> at short, and that was it. Um, I'm just I'm glad that I've got the ability or, or gotten the chance to show that that's something that I can also do. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> and you're playing a great shortstop too. I we see you Thank out there you. making those dives and like web jibs. Like it's you're doing on both ends, and it's fantastic to watch. Um, last question, then we'll let you go. So since you're starting shortstop all the time, are you not practicing being a catcher? Uh, I have not been behind the plate since this has been my role. I haven't caught any pins. I haven't done any of that stuff. They don't, they don't want me to because they want me uh, off my legs as much as I can be. So, yeah. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that'll, that'll happen <laughs> at all this year, the rest of this year. But if it, if they need you, you will step up and you will be that guy. Absolutely, hundred percent. All right, Hunter, thank you for hanging out with us. I appreciate this and just keep doing you, man. We will yeah, keep having yes, good days at the office, man. Yep. Another day at good the office. Good talking to y'all. All right, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, man. See ya. Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.